It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. Hey everybody, WFO, we are back, special time, and we are going to get into it with Antron Brown, top fuel winner out there at the final Atlanta Dragway Southern Nationals. Oh yes, if you are just getting in or getting on or watching your very first WFO radio show, that is awesome. Thank you very much. Please share as we continue to grow our audience, and it is awesome. This is going to be the final show of the week, but yesterday we had Greg Anderson, we had Scotty Polachek. It was awesome. And then Alan Reinhardt early on in the week next week, working on Bob Tasca as we get ready for a little Charlotte four wide. I will be up there and then we're heading on to Houston the week later. So it is going to be great if you're a fan of NHRA drag racing, definitely like our page or subscribe and click the bell on YouTube because you're going to get a whole lot of behind the scenes NHRA drag racing interviews on this show going to be awesome and yes not normally coming on at 3 p.m on a thursday but we accommodate the drivers as best as we can and what ends up happening is uh people watch this after the fact the good news is uh, we do get enough people to chime in and ask a couple of questions and we're going to ask some questions of antron brown today but first the people who make it possible for me to do this like total seal piston rings working on our next episode of hidden horsepower as we speak that's right you're going to learn a whole lot from the superstar engine builders on that podcast. And it's also great for people who just want to be motivated, in my opinion, like secrets to success shared on hidden horsepower, but really uh, also about your engine secrets to success with your engine. Uh, 40% of your engines friction come from your piston rings. Why not make that number as low as is possible with total seal piston rings. Also Marvin Rodak, Rodax coffee and grills.com hot sauces and spice rubs, everything good. Where's the coffee baby here? Here it is. Check this out. This is the coffee I'm drinking today. The Sumatra organic honey. Now it's incredible. In fact, this is probably the best coffee I've ever had in my life right here, this particular one. And what's happening is now I'm like rationing it, right? Only special days. And when Antron Brown is coming on the show, I got to get coffeeed up just right. 817-924-6821. That's Rodax Coffee and Grills.com. Plus he's a drag racer. How cool is that? Samtech.edu. Brian Massengill texted me yesterday as Lake Speed from Total Seal is down there at Samtech. And you could tell why we've got such a great synergy going on with our sponsors on WFO. Also excited about Factory Stock Showdown. But most importantly, Samtech is where you get started if you want a great career in drag racing or NASCAR or motorsports in general, aerospace. It's just a perfect foundational knowledge. Uh, go to samtech.edu if you're a young person and you're looking for an exciting career in motorsport. Maybe you want to become an EFI tuner. Maybe you just want to get a leg up on the competition and be placed in a job with a, with a team. There's Samtech grads all over motorsports. And uh, I have done my due diligence to find and track many of them. And it's been pretty amazing. Samtech.edu, check them out. And Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. When one of our listeners goes to the Dragster Adventure, it is awesome. Because then they walk out of there with an experience that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. But also, they'll understand why we push it so hard. Course start at $399. It's a half-day experience. One half track run, two full track runs. You're driving a dragster. You're hanging with Frank. They're coming to your part of the country. What is better than that? Go to frankhawley.com. Find out more information. Also, shout out to Nitro Fish, where you can get our 10th anniversary t-shirt. 
guy was like, man, I need two X, baby. I need two X. I love those 10th anniversary podcast t-shirts on Nitro Fish. And if you go to our own WFO store, we can uh, tell you how to get some cool WFO gear right here. We got people weighing in. I see that. Appreciate all you guys that comment. Like, look at Craig Garland is out there. Always great seeing you at the races. Likewise, Craig, uh, we got a whole bunch of people weighing in, but someone that I see is already down there. And, uh, you know, smoke coming off his shoes as he was trying to make it to the WFO experience. And he's there. We're coming to you, A.B. Here we come. Antron Brown. <laughs> What's up? The audio's working. The video's working. What's up, champ? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, Joe. I'm doing good, man. Just uh, I'm sitting back here in Indy and I'm just reminiscing and just I'm already missing the ATL, brother. That was a great race facility and just. So many great memories of me just starting out there in drag racing, brother. You were on the stage in the morning as one of the winningest drivers in Atlanta Dragway history. And we had such a great collection and we got to interact with the fans on the track walk for the very first time since Phoenix in 2020. And it was special. It was a special moment. Warren is out there and Greg is out there and Forrest yes. was out there. You did such a great job. What did that feel like to, to be able to do that again? May I tell you what? It felt like we were living again, just purely living. You know what I mean? That's the hardest part is that we've been so just restrained, things shut down, limited capacity. It felt good where we had the first breath of fresh air of just like back to being the way things used to be, just – Everybody out enjoying themselves, roaming free, the fans everywhere, seats are filled. I mean, it was just one of those experiences where it was just so bittersweet because the, the bitter part of it was it was the last race in Atlanta. The sweet part was is everybody that came out of the woodworks to come to that drag race. It was, it was beyond words. It was the nostalgia feel of drag racing back to its roots, and it was the best feeling, Joe. Best feeling. I, I, well, exactly. And uh, I don't know after your win. I, I swung by your pit. You were doing photos and everything, and everybody was cool. I saw Matt Sackman. I talked to Brad, and we'll talk about those guys later. But I didn't want to leave. I, I just didn't want to leave, and I was trying to find excuses to do something to hang out. Cause I know that I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to the divisional race in a couple of weeks. And I know they have a full schedule. Everybody needs to know support the track until it's not a track anymore, but I didn't want to leave because that energy that we were leaving behind will never get back there again. No. And, and, and that's the thing. Like when I was there, I stayed there the whole time, Joe, I was, I was there brother. Uh, I stayed, I didn't leave the rate. Me and Brad didn't leave the racetrack to go to the airport until like, I want to say it had to be close to eight o'clock because wow. we had a 10 o'clock flight and we left our luggage on, on the transport to go home. So we just drove straight in, got rid of the rental car and got on the plane. It took us an hour and 15 minutes to drive there. And I remember, uh, man, I stayed there till it was no fans left. They were all there for the winter circle pictures and everything else. And it was just a good feeling just to see all the people. When we came back to the pit, they were waiting for us, brother. They, I mean, I was looking at, to the left, to the right, around, I was like, the hospitality tent, all of our Maco guests, Hanksifer's guests, all of our global electronic technology, Toyota people, Streamlight people, all the people, Hanksifer people, they were all there, brother. They were all there. And uh, 
We had the Sirius XM radio just blast into my favorite tunes. Yeah. It was just, I was like, I looked around, I'm like, this is this is this is pretty awesome. This is pretty awesome. And it wasn't just a moment of winning, it was a moment of being able to share it with the fans that were in the stands that stayed after that was able to just come to the pit and take part in like a winner's circle that we do on the start line, like we always used to do. Right. A lot of people were asking me about that when that's coming back and I'm sure NHRA has got a plan and they're rolling out new things all the time, but I got to tell you, I told them go to the pit, you know, <laughs> you know, what I mean? <laughs> cause I got to help. I'm fans first. right? I got to help the fans. Like, I don't know about you, but what I might do is cruise by the pit and see what's going on. And it was great. Uh, I want to talk about your round by round, but I, I want to acknowledge got a new listener out there, Blake from Ohio. Blake and his dad, Rick, were out there this past weekend, and now they're uh, on our social and they're watching the show. And they came out to the final race and uh, had a good time. So shout out to Blake, who is out there. And uh, it just so many fans feeling the experience out there. And that's what this sport is all about. We're going again next week and then following week in Houston. But Let's talk a little bit about this round by round. Pretty easy day, though, AB. I got to tell you, you kind of got off the hook a little bit. A bunch of, a bunch of easy rounds, right? First yeah. round, first pair, Doug Coletta. Come on, what's uh, what's easier yeah. than that? Yeah, like we we had Dougie, and uh, put this way, his team and our team definitely didn't want to qualify where we qualified at, but we only had two qualifiers. And when we came out on Saturday, that track was tricky. And what I mean by tricky, it was just, it was still green. We haven't raced on it for, for over a year. And it was green to nitro cars, I would say. And I, I like the track, the start line was great. But when we got out there, it threw a lot of our team's fits. You know what I mean? Like if you look at, you look at some big hitters, they didn't make it down the track. Like, like, you know, we didn't make it down the track. Dougie ain't make it down the track in qualifying. Uh, Justin Ashley ain't making it down the track in qualifying. Robert Height didn't make it down the track at all. You know what I mean? It was just, it was brutal. That track was medieval on that standpoint where it, it, it took, like you had to go back and it, it, you had to make some changes that you normally wouldn't change and then make big changes. You know what I mean? And, and on Saturday we thought we made the right adjustments in this last qualifying session. I'm going down a racetrack. I'm like, Oh, we're good. We're good. We had to have track that they went. I'm like, ah. And coasted to a 4.30, and I'm just like, man, I mean, but then on race day, you know, our team, like Brian Karate, Mark Oswald, Brad, and the rest of the Maco Tools boys, they went back to work, brother. They went to work, and my hats are off to them the way they brought it together because that first-round matchup with Doug Coletta, Dougie got it right, too. I mean, he went out there, he went at 80, we went at 79, and it was just a bar-to-bar race we left at the same time i mean we literally won that round by like ten thousandths of a second which man that was that was nail biting man that that was a really really short that was a tight tight race that was a final round right there to be honest with you you yeah. know what i mean amazing Let, let's take a second to uh some people were, were saying to me you know like oh man you know they're not getting done we only had two qualifying sessions oh man, they're not getting down the racetrack and this isn't good for the fans and the final race, et cetera, and so on. Um, and I get that, but 
the process of coming from Vegas with a brand new surface, and some say it's the smoothest track on the tour and it's amazing you were out there, to come back to the track with character like Atlanta, and you only get two shots, and it hasn't been run with nitro cars for a couple of years. I find it to be amazing by the third run. They were all going down for the most part. Like the Nitro Crew Chiefs, and you can only speak about your team inside DSR, but they figured it out. It took them three runs to do it. And to me, that's uh, pretty impressive. Yes, yes. And and that's what the trick of it is, is like every racetrack. I, I love the choice of words you use, Joe. I like that. I like the word character. Can you define, can you define character for me? (laughs) I can can define character if you make me. It's, uh, you know, like a little rough around the edges. (laughs) I love it. It's like, that that was a good choice of words. I like that one. I like that one. But uh, the thing about it is, is that it does. It does. And the racetrack was really good early. And then you had to navigate it, and each lane had its different character to it. Where the right lane, it's got a little trough in it where it want to pull you to the inside. The left lane, it the bump, it's got a bump in it, but the bump's more severe. So you had to pick your poison on where you want to go. And every racetrack's got it. You know what I mean? When you race in Phoenix or you race in Houston, every racetrack's got different things. People got bumps at transitions here, but you just got to know how to attack it. And uh, and what happened was some teams got on it really, really quick and they were really efficient with it and good. And a lot of them, we didn't c- catch up to it until the fourth run. You get what I mean? Where we, we got out, of, we hit it out of the park the first round where we went down the track and we went to 79. And then uh, and then we just went throughout the race day where the track did get progressively better as we went on. It did. It did. So when we got to the second round, the second round, that racetrack was it was there. But you had to have you had to have enough confidence to say, well, I'm going to give it this. And David Grubnick did it. Trust me. <laughs> well, exactly. exactly. And that's what he's he's known for. One more step back before we move forward. When we spoke uh, about setting up this interview we were talking about this win and how it's a big deal because, you know, winning the finals uh, out there in Vegas and the whole Brian karate return to your team, getting the band back together. Of course, the pandemic and everything kind of slowed down the progress. But you were you were quick to point out that you felt like Vegas was something that you guys could have gotten as well. Like there were just a couple of things that tripped you up in Vegas and that you found them. And so now you feeling really good about the chemistry of the team and the performance of the car going into this race. And look, the results are here. So it kind of proves that point. Well, you know, I, in the lounge, I'm like that little fly that sits on the wall and I see Brian and Mark doing their magic up there. Okay. And I remember we came back after Vegas in the deal. I could just see the look on, you know, Brian's face, Mark's face, and they were just, they had that look on their face. They're like, man, we just gave one away. That was Brian's exact words. We just had we just had a couple things that happened in that final round that, you know, that made the car more aggressive going down the racetrack. That, that was just a couple things that we just like, you know, you're in the heat of battle, you're going up there and then this does this, that does that. And every cause has an effect. And 
one of the one of the things that we did, the cause of it, it made it like our car have more power, start wearing more clutch, and the clutch came at it harder. So when it did that, we smoked the tires and we're like, and then like, you know, Steve won, he won an 81 and he wasn't trying to run an 81. They had difficulties too. But then you look at the lap, like 81, another car, 82, another car smoked the tires and I smoked the tires. And we're like, I mean, we could have went out there, won an 80. We could have went out there, we could have won an 81 like Steve and we could have won that, won that race too. But we did it and we're just like, and you're like, you let it get away because you only get so many opportunities to get into a final round. And when you get into that final round, you got to make sure you're ready to cease and take that opportunity and try to get that win. And, and that's the hardest part about drag racing. And then you go, well, the next race, first you got to get to a final round again to try to make it happen again, which is hard to get past first round. So with that being said, we went back, you know, and, uh, and we got in race day at Atlanta. You know, we just, we just, we had that on our mind the whole time going to Atlanta and qualifying to go the way we wanted to. But then on race day, we made up for in that first round. Man, it was one of those crapshoots. It could have went either way. The lap that Dougie put up, the lap that we put up, Dougie could have been in the winner's circle or or we could end up winning just like we did. So that that's that's the hard part about it. But that's if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we want more to be doing it and, and expand those fields and get people out there. And I know we will. Uh, Billy Torrance, second round, you going up against the. Oh. Yeah, exactly. It didn't get any easier. This no. was the day of, of uh, the best competition I think you could possibly have gone against on this given day. You go up against Billy and you were able to take him down and go to the semis, but just tell me about running the Capco team. You know who they are, where they are. Nobody knows them better than you because you spend a lot of time down there with, with Steve and uh, Mama Kay and Billy. So when you get a chance to go up against Billy, he talked about a while ago, like getting after you, there's all kinds of extra stuff in there. Fun stuff, but extra. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Billy has spanked my tail, brother. A lot of people, I don't know if they remember, is like, I think when he won Brainerd, that joker dropped like a oh I I left. I had a 042 light or 044 light. That joker dropped at like a 035 on me and beat me. And I think we beat us, like beat our team, and it was on a whole shot, but we ran like really close to ETs. And I was like, where did that come from? And that's what you get from Billy. Billy plays no games, he's no joke, and he's serious, brother. Papa Billy serious and and this is the way I look at it, Joe. Like Capco, they have two cars, and Steve is the champion, but they have two championship cars. Okay. If you remember distinctly, when not just last year, but the year prior, you know what I mean, 19, when we had the full season, Billy came out and made the countdown. Yep. And then he only raced like six or like eight races to make the countdown. And then he got in the countdown and he started plucking people off, like dropping low ET in Sonoma every lap in the middle of the day. So when I look at it, they have two phenomenal cars, teams, crew chiefs, and drivers. So to if you want to win a championship, it goes through them. That's who it goes through. It doesn't just go through Steve. It goes through Billy too. And that car – and that's the level I rank them on. That's why our team does the work that we do. We work hard to do that work. 
Absolutely. Semifinals going on. Uh, you years ago told us about, uh, you know, you and Brittany like to go back and forth when uh, you have to race each other. She took last year off. She is now back. Grubby is back. They are fast. And that was a big race right there. But you, you got around her to go to the final round. Just talk a little bit about preparing for that team when you know they are probably the Capco team goes down the track. And they win oh, their yes. races. Whereas Grubby can just drop the hammer on you and he could outrun you by four hun at any point. And that's what's crazy because you just you don't know what you're gonna get. How do you prepare for that? Man, I, I tell you, is the 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 best way to prepare for it is when you go up there, you see what they're running. And and I know I can't speak from on the crew chief side. I know Brian and you know and Mark up there, they don't want to go up there and, and just say okay, well, Grubby just went a 76. They're not going to go up there and say, well, we just need to go a 79. That ain't happening. They, they, they know Grubby is capable of going a 76, 77, but then you also got to gauge the track. We know the track, the sun came out, got a little hotter. We wanted to pick up, but you also don't want to throw it away by smoking the tires by pressing too hard. And, and when we looked at it, I know when Brittany went down the track, that car was on the edge in the second round man we thought that was like whoa that was a run because he dropped out i think he dropped he went at 75 in in e2 or 75 or 76 and we came up and we were shooting to step it up and i know brian and mark thought about the condition say hey when you go out here and run like a low 77 or a high 76 and we stepped it up from the 81 because we didn't try to run the 81 against billy i mean 80 against bill 81 against billy we were trying to run a 77 from our 79 and, and Brian and them made all the adjustments, but the track just ate us up. So when we came against Grubby, they made another move to step the car up and it responded. It went from an 81 to a 78. And, and we went a 78.5, a 78.6 to their 78 with a five. So they slowed down a little bit. We came right where we need to. And that's what we thought the track could hold. We thought the track could hold like a 70, like a 77. And that's what we we're shooting for. But it just still ate us up. That's how good the track was getting from round to round. Because every hour in like 40 minutes or hour and a half, we're making another round and they'll reprep the track. So the track prep was getting the track like dialed in. And it was getting there where it depends on how greedy you want to get, but you, you had to be careful. You had to be careful because you didn't want to get too greedy because that track does have a lot of character. <laughs> That's what I hear. It's got a lot of character. All right, final <laughs> round. You get by Brittany. Now you're going up against Steve and all that extra stuff. You and Steve, great, uh, great friends. But at the beginning of his career, you destroyed him. And then he flipped the script on you and has been leaning on you guys pretty consistently. And then you bring Brian back. And the, the thought was always that this is going to be the clash of the Titans that we all want to see, like both at full strength. And I think we're maybe starting to get to that. Tell me about how you guys uh, prep for it. And then I'll, I'll show you a photograph that I took after it was all over of Billy and Don having a conversation about what they just saw. But I think this was a, you know, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Well, you went out there and you beat the best. You went out there and got after them and just took home this last uh, Atlanta trophy. Well, you know, when we got to that final, Joe, and we know we're coming up against, you know, Hoagie, 
Bobby and, and Steve and that whole crew, you know what they're capable of. You know what they do. They go down the track. They always do good laps. Steve is really good on the tree. So you got you got to go up there and you got to be on your A plus game. And and that's what I try to do each and every time. My and my guys, we are an extension of each other. We're one unit. You know what I mean? And uh, and I can't cut good lights if the car don't leave good. You know what I mean? All I could do is try to do the same thing. So. Like Brian and myself and the rest of our crew guys with Mark, we all are on the same page. We do it together as a tight unit like my hands are. You got to be tight, man. And the tighter you get, the more results you get to come out like that. And when we went up there, I know Brian and Mark goes, well, look, it's been overcast. We just ran a 78. And we don't we don't think a 78 is going to be what it takes to win. We got to run a 75. 75, 76. That's, that's what we're shooting for. And they came back, and we we knew we were at the run of 78, and we knew the move it took to get there. And we made just that same amount of move again on the aggressive side, and it held it, and the track could have held more. So so when we came back, the, the car was still super safe going out of track. It wasn't on the edge anywhere. And, 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 and that's what showed up. We needed to make that run. You know what I mean? Like Steve – he went, I think they went, they go 78, right? Yeah. Or 70, 78? 79.4 to your 75.2. They went at 79.4, but they had some other stuff that happened on where their car slowed up a little bit, they said. and uh, But they think they went like a 78. Steve told me like he might have poked it in there just a little bit. So I think their car probably went like a low, like a low 78 or a high 77. So we're right there with each other, like close to that aspect. And and uh, it just felt good just for all the like when you want to go up there and you have a car and you have the crew chiefs are up there, Brian and Mark, and then, and then Brad comes up there and then, and then Brian and Mark make that decision and they go, well, we wanted to do this. and This is what it should do. And when you're able to do that and the car responds and does it, then you're like, we're in a good spot. Now we're getting to a round where you're making moves and the car responds to it. And you know what spots to tickle and what spots to touch and what knobs to turn to make that happen. Because before last year, we were in a round where we did this and did that. And it was like a governor a car wouldn't speed up or slow down. It did the same thing every time. And we couldn't figure out what it was. And then it just takes time to sort it out and to get it right. And now we got to, uh, I'm looking at the guys, look at Brian, all them, the engine program, they're implementing, like put it in. And now we're implementing a new clutch program that's starting to come to fruition. And we just got to stay on this road and keep working it. And I think we're going to be good. We're going to be good. We're going to be competitive and we should be able to contend for a championship this year, but we just got to keep working, man. That's the main thing that keep working because all these teams are just going to get stronger and better. And me and Steve, and the Capco team might be battling out, but there's going to be a whole ray of another fleet of teams that can win, like your Josh Hart, your Brittany Forces, your Justin Ashley dropped low ET first round eliminations with a 74, low ET at an event. Then you're going to have all the Coletta cars. You got Mike Salinas with AJ. Right. You know what I mean? Right. When you look at our, and you got Clay Milliken. You know what I mean? When you look that drops low ET in the middle of heat of the day. So when you look at all the teams that we have and where they're at, 
And you got Doug Foley. Yeah. He came out and dropped the 79 first round, too. Yes, they so, are there. They are so, there. Don't sleep on Doug Foley, which is so, great. Everybody's got a shot. So when you look at all the cars we got, Joe, just think about this. And all of our drag racing fans out there think about this is that pound for pound, our class is probably it's probably the, one of the tightest classes in, in, in NHRA right now. We're running closer with each other than pro stock car. You get what I mean right now? And, and that's crazy. That's crazy. And pro stock motorcycles right there. I mean, all the classes are running close, but our class right now, I mean, when you look at the ETs that everybody's running, everybody's spot on is right there. That is awesome. Now, listen, I remember something from the other day that you might have something that you've got to go do here in a little bit. What's the story on that? Yes. Yes. I'm, I actually, I actually got a, I can't talk about it, but I got a zoom meeting with a new, uh, thing television, uh, a television deal that I might, I might be into. So, so stay tuned. Stay All right. tuned. All right. So stay we don't tuned. To- I can't talk about it right now because it's, it's all in the in the secret infancy stages, but we'll see. You'll see about when it comes out. It's going to be really, really cool. Really, I got to really see cool. somebody about something. Do we have you for five more minutes? Yes, I got. Actually, I got one minute. Oh, <laughs> we could well, we could we could do another thing. There you go. I want to show you these two. Look at these. And Billy says to Don, "We got flat out run." And that's something that doesn't happen these days. I asked the listeners for a question for you, so I want to make sure you get it. One, someone wanted to know if you finished building your house. Are you done? Yeah, we're done. We're in it. We're in it. We're in it. We That's are good. in it. You know what I mean? But uh, I'm loving it. I got my own shop outside where I can go play. That's my my domain. And, and that's the <laughs> coolest part. But how about that picture of seeing Don and Billy together right there, you know? I wish I could talk Don into it of him just getting the seat of a car and it's making a blast to like 300 feet. That's 300 feet. Like he ain't got to drive the whole way. And I like it to put him in there because, you know, he, he did some driving back in the day. But just for him to see what the difference is from back then till now is. You know what I mean? I, like I think it'll it. be pretty cool. It'll be pretty cool because I, I know he could do it. Because people don't realize that Don Schumacher's in some serious shape, brother. The way he fishes. <laughs> you can fish, man. Oh, man. I had never seen a man wheel so much wheel in my life. Well, I, I love it. Uh, Antron, listen, I want to let you go. I want you to go get this, uh, whatever this thing is that, uh, whatever it is, I want you to get it. So go get focused. We got you all warmed up on WFO. I know you're going to do a great job. And I also know that I won't have to wait very long to have you back on the show again, because uh, you're going to have yourself a great year. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in Charlotte in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much. And uh, go nail this thing you got right now, AB. Do it. Hey, I appreciate appreciate it, Joe, man. I always love being on the show, man. This is your family, brother. WFO's family. Thank you. And brother, you you are a important, loud voice in the sport of NHRA camping world drag racing. And we can't thank you enough, brother, for what you do. Just keep on bringing that passion, baby, and that fire. Wide open throttle, baby. Wide open. Uh, that's what I'm talking about, Antron. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you in a few days, and we'll do it all again. All right, baby. Thank you, brother. There he goes, Antron Brown. Go get the job, Antron. Do it. Do it. Right. Do it. <laughs> there it goes. AB with us here on WFO. And, you know, obviously the questions could go on and on with Antron because he gives such great answers to the specific questions. 
and the the learning curve of what's going on, even for someone like me, I'm lucky I get to talk with Alan Reinhardt every week on Tuesdays on WFO, and then we get to hear from the winners. And there's always a nugget of information, but the process by which they get to where they need to be to win a final round, that is what is amazing to me. And I went and spoke with Matt Sackman and Brad Mason, and they were just, re- Mason was relieved. He was on the back. Some girl tried to work his first ever Camping World hat. Can you believe that? Oh, I've just gone to a dark place a little bit. But fans, you can't ask these people for the hat off of their head after they just won it, can you? Can you? Can I please? He's like, this is my first one ever. Then she's like, give it to me. <laughs> and poor Brad Mason had to say no. And I support it. And I totally agree. No. But, uh, you know, there are other places and times that you can get a hat. Why did I tell you that story? Because it's WFO. All right. Put your comments in the comments section. Final comments. Everything you got. Everything you want to talk about before we bust on out of here on WFO. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about the people who make it possible for me to do this show. I know at the beginning and in the middle and at the end. And when you go to the WFORadio.com website and when you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, all those places. The only reason I can do this is because people like Marvin Rodak and Rodak's Coffee and Grills.com support the show. They support the show. And uh, next time you need coffee, you want to go next level, you want to try something new, fresh, exciting, great, something from out of this world, coffee-wise, barbecue-wise. This guy's been on TV. He's been the star of the Big Bad Barbecue Battle. He's been competitions. Uh, He just happens to love drag racing and reached out years and years ago with some bacon recipes, and the rest is history. Call Marvin, 817-924-6821. One, samtech.edu. We're going to be down there in Houston, Texas in a couple of weeks. Can't wait to see Brian Massengill, the family. Uh, You know, your future, what's it worth? What's it worth? They're approved to train veterans under the GI Bill. You can get started in machining and learn what it is that you do not know that can advance your career. And that is the whole program that these guys know what it is. Do you know what it is? They're teaching their students. And it's funny how their students go on to great success. Samtech.edu. Total Seal Piston Rings, leader in ring seal technology. If you're building a bracket engine, if you're building a Formula One engine, if you're a mad scientist, and if you need a piston ring, these are the guys who have taken it to the highest possible level. Totalseal.com. Check out the website. You can hear the podcast there. Subscribe to the podcast. Hidden Horsepower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, new episodes dropping all the time. And we've got a couple that are going to have something to do with the month of May. What happens? in the month of May and Frank Hawley's drag racing school, the dragster adventure. We've got a real school. We've got a fun and entertaining drag racing, driving school. Uh, we have got coffee. We have got hard parts and we are reaching out and connecting with new sponsors all the time. Big thanks to Frank and Lana Hawley. Uh, of course, nitro fish and our WFO store, Go to the website, bounce around, check out. You can watch the videos. You can listen to the audio. You can subscribe subscribe to everything we've got. We've got some photo galleries up there, although we need a couple more. But the WFO store has got some great stuff, whether it be face coverings or if you want to join Patreon and see if you can become a certified Patreon uh, and get all that behind-the-scenes stuff like the VIP listener club that it is, the Patreons. Very cool. Uh, We appreciate all of our Patreons and they're growing like more and more people are supporting the show directly. Yeah. It's a couple of bucks a month, you know, but all the stuff that we do, like, is it worth it? I do the shows and the people keep coming. So I think that it is at least the people that are on there 
they are appreciating what we've got. Yeah, this is this picture. There's actually a better one. Don is still looking at the screen. Savoring in the victory. Can we get Don Schumacher behind the wheel of a car again? Could that happen? Yeah, I think the guy has the juice to green light it personally. Does he want to? I don't know if he does. Don is so accomplished. He does whatever he wants to do. That's the thing. You'll know. Does he want to do it? He'll do it. All right, let's see what the final comments are in the comments section. And thank you to all you people out there on the WFO universe. And just remember, share the show. And we're always looking for new listeners. And not everybody knows that this thing even exists. It's uh, a secret in drag racing that diehard fans share amongst themselves. And we're bringing on more people. Lonnie, I wanted to get to your question, bud, but AB had to go this time. He has a gig. He's got to do it. Does he still consider himself hungry? Yeah, you know he does. And Craig Garland wants to know if it's cold in Indy. Come on, Craig. You know it's always cold in Indy. They get they could get uh, snow in August the way it's been going. And I don't help by posting photos of palm trees and stuff when they got snow on the ground. That's why they all hate me. Uh, Blake says, I hope to win the championship. Keith, I got to these already. AB, how are the kids doing this year? Next time, Steve. Next time. He had to run. Good luck next week, Antron. Go DSR, says Monica, our, our new patron. Way to go, Monica. Uh, AB has it right. Lots of nitro fuel teams that could win, giving uh, any time this year, it's going to be an exciting season. Absolutely. Roger Richards. Good afternoon, Roger. How are you doing? Uh, let's see. Great interview. Always love Antron's energy. Antron was our first live stream guest. Antron Brown has basically been extremely helpful to WFO since our very beginning. You know, we didn't get to talk about Sirius XM either. Sirius XM, his new sponsor. I started in Miami Talk Radio. That's where I started on the Neil Rogers show, had the Joe and Mark show, did motorsports Saturday, and I'm a bracket racer. All that time, I was bracket racing out in Palm Beach, and the world's kind of converged, and that's how I got on the air. It's real hard to get on the air. Uh, back then, it was. Now, you can just kind of do your own thing from the start, and everybody's doing it. But uh, Antron Brown was always super helpful. He's got the personality, and we've become accustomed to him but he was his you know the historic first african-american uh, motorsports champion in north america the historic first it was pretty amazing when ap ab did it and um if we ever want to do something like bizarre weird or a new thing live stream wfo uh ab's the go-to guy because he's down with uh, all of it and really appreciate him keith kaufman another great interview class act yes but they are plenty more in our archive greg anderson scotty Polichek. Alan Reinhardt last week, Steve Torrance was great. What's your reaction to adding Bristol? My reaction is positive to adding Bristol. Yes. I, I love Bristol. I love the Speedway Motorsports track. I love Bristol area. I love Tribe Cities. I love Johnson City. I like going to the Yeehaw Brewery and the uh, rooftop uh, Bristol Hotel. I like going to all those places. Soon they're going to have a hard rock. I, I love that area. And I uh, hope I get to go back to do some television stuff in the not so distant future. It's uh, it's thank goodness we're bringing Bristol back. Now, it's not going to be on Father's Day. It's going to be in the countdown. But yes, now, Richmond, I hope we add Richmond, but not on the 23rd of October. I'm just saying that right now. I, I do not want that to happen on the 23rd of October. It'll be kind of a tough slog right in the, in the countdown. But yes, Richmond, Virginia, it's not over yet. We all know. And let me go to NHRA.com before I end this, because they always have a way. Like, it's Costello on the air. Okay, break the news. Okay, there will be a jet car match race to light up Z-Max Dragway during the NGK, NTK, NHRA 4Y Nationals. We're going to light the fire! Yeah! 
Jet cars, finally. That was annoying. They had jet cars in Vegas, and I wasn't there. But there will be jet cars at ZMAX. Cool. But no big breaking news about the schedule or anything new today. Post-pandemic universe, folks. It doesn't just, when you allow a pandemic to take over the world, things don't just go back to normal like that. It takes hard work. And we're going to be dealing with that for uh, the foreseeable future. Hopefully, coming back to as many places with as large a capacity as possible. Bristol is back on the schedule. Great news. How about Shoe versus the Radman? Well, <laughs> that wasn't the uh, April Fool's joke on NHRA.com. I don't know if you saw that, that exact thing. And uh, maybe it started from somewhere. I would love to see uh, Conrad out there again. Joe, come to uh, Lassiter Mount this week for the uh, Sega. I, Roger, I don't know what any of that stuff is. Send me the invite. I'll go. Uh, Neil Rogers, seriously, I need to hear that story. You, well, you don't know. I you listen to the Ignition Show, Keith. That's where all the Joe talk radio history stuff comes out on the Ignition Show with no uh, consequence. Uh, we're going to try and make it to the Bristol in that race. Way to go, Jeff. That will be two for you, my friend, because uh, you're going to win to Denver. Simple as that. All right, we're about to bounce on out of here. Appreciate all you guys. Appreciate Antron. Yeah, when I worked in Miami, then I went to Sirius XM and I started nationwide drag racing talk radio on a show called uh, Ignition or Power Shift, rather. Don't even remember the names of all my shows, I guess. Uh, and it became a thing. And here we are, WFO, years later. And now I work for the NHRA. And I want to go bracket racing again. Keep it rolling. Thank you to all you people out there in the WFO universe. You really keep me highly motivated. Uh, motivation is the key. Confidence and motivation are the keys to success. You want to just narrow it down. And Anton Brown has got both of them. And I uh, really appreciate everybody out there. Share the shows. That's what it's about. you got to share the shows. There are people all the time who do not know that this show exists. And we're trying to grow our audience and our Facebook group and our YouTube page and all of these things. Twitter. We're live on Twitter right now. It's crazy. One show will get 100 listen uh, viewers. And the next one will get a thousand viewers, and I have no idea why. And the likes and the shares and retweets are all exactly the same. At some level, there are algorithms that make it all happen. But the weekend is upon us. Enjoy your Friday. I'm going to do a little work on my own race car this weekend. You can watch my social feeds for updates. If you're interested in that, a little behind-the-scenes stuff, at WFO Joe on Instagram and on Twitter. We're increasing the Instagram uh account we're increasing all our accounts we're doing it all right and remember you can get wfo radio t-shirts at nitrofishracing.com they've got the 10th anniversary t-shirt that everyone loves so much also youtube subscribe click the bell and apple podcast remember it is a podcast we want you going audio only driving over the road to the next race get yourself a wfo radio t-shirt and big thanks to everybody out there for supporting the show that's what we need we greatly appreciate it the archives are loaded Thanks to DSR and Antron and everybody who supported the show this week. We'll see you next week right here on WFO Radio. Thanks, A.B.